Kia ora, this is At A Loss, a podcast about living fully with grief. How do you live a rich life when death has made itself present? I'm Timothy Giles. I'm a funeral celebrant. And for the first time, we've got a returning guest, Maria Miller. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Um, Largely because I got a bit obsessed by your work title that you were here with. Could you refresh me on what what your your role and and work is, please? So I'm a bereavement support worker with the Grief Centre. And my job is primarily to support people in times of grief and loss, mainly as it pertains to death. But in other aspects of uh, work that I do in other places, I also deal with people who are suffering from lots of different other kinds of loss. That's what I want to talk to you about. Was, hmm. We've had the feedback has been really consistent, which was that there was more to talk to you about, and I I do get a bit death obsessed, and hence you know creating this whole podcast. But there are so many other forms of hmm. grief. Does grief have a different definition then when it's related to death or to another form of loss? No, no. Grief is grief. Grief is still the thing that we feel. It's the the emotional experience of losing something that has meant something to us or that had the potential to mean something to us, but for whatever reason just didn't happen. That's interesting. Hmm. Potential. Mm Mm-hmm. You, you can't grieve a potential because it never existed. Mm, but you can. You can grieve for your loss of dreams. But they're not real. They never happened. So I haven't really lost anything, have I? Yeah, dreams, hopes, wishes, desires, things that just don't happen, that don't come off, that um, for whatever reason aren't meant to be. You can still grieve that. Absolutely. Can you give me an example? Um... Do you want a personal example or another example? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes yes to both. All right. Well, um, twice in my life I have gone through this but didn't really understand what was happening to me at the time and it's only through the work that I've done that I've been able to look back and actually kind of figure that one out. But... um, so I guess the first time this happened to me was when I was... When I was nine years old, I decided I wanted to be a lawyer. Right? So I went went to university... Uh, when I was 17, started studying law, did law for two years and thought, oh my God, this is so boring. I can't believe how boring this is. This isn't what I thought it was going to be. So I stopped studying law, but there was a part of me that grieved that because I had a whole world in my head of what that was going to look like. Maria is a lawyer. And when I just made the decision that I just couldn't carry on because I was so bored, um, I actually had to spend that entire summer thinking, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do? I was going to be a lawyer. For the longest time, I was going to be a lawyer. So grief often comes with confusion, mm-hmm. right? I mean, are they separate or are they just totally wrapped up together? Because you you, you lost this clarity that, the, that you'd had for half of your life, mm. and then came the confusion. Are they necessarily together? Often the confusion comes about when you don't understand what's happening or why something's happening or why you're feeling the way you are about what's happened in terms of how it's affected you. Often that's where the confusion comes from because you're thinking, how did I get to this place? Yeah. I'm interested in that why I'm feeling how I am. So in your work with bereavement and and grief special, but then in in your counselling more generally, right, do people often not realise what's going on for them? Mm. 
Yeah, really common. I mean, people will talk to you about, or they talk to me, sorry. People will talk to me about having um, lost a job, about a relationship ending, um, you know, because a lot of the, a lot of the people I, I counsel are, are university students. So uh, for some of them, it's if they've failed papers and they're looking at failing a degree. Uh, so similar situation to what I had, I guess, in a way, except I wasn't failing. But, you know, it's that, that thing of I was going to come out with this degree and I, that's not going to happen now. And I don't understand why am I feeling like this? So, f- f- you know, lots of different situations um, that people will come to me and... and you know, they'll be talking about how they're feeling. So they'll say, like, I'm just feeling really sad. I'm finding it really hard to get motivated. I don't understand. Why do I feel so flat? Why do I feel so meh? And when we get to talking and I find out what's been going on in their life, it's like, because you've this thing has ended, this thing that you had, this thing that you had created a whole being around has ended. And you're grieving it. You're grieving for the loss of that thing. And so people will arrive just thinking, oh, I'm depressed, I'm low energy. Yep, absolutely. And you're saying, actually, it's something else. Yeah, there's a cause. There is a reason you feel this way. How does that help? How does it help them? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes even just being able to label it, sometimes being able to say, look at the stuff that's happened in your life. Is it any wonder that you're feeling like this? So it's having someone else with an outside perspective be able to sit down, kind of unpack a little bit about what's been going on for them to help them kind of see all the stuff that they didn't really pay attention to that they just thought was bad luck or something really horrible like a breakup or whatever. Um, and that, yeah, you just are supposed to feel a bit a bit rubbish about that. Actually, is is hugely impactful and, and you're allowed to feel that. It's important to recognise that. Really important to recognise it. So the things that cause this that I may not think about, actually I'm grieving something here. A relationship, I can get that. That that kind of makes sense to me, right? Yeah. So I've destroyed relationships with some magnificent women in my life. I've been quite good at that. Um, and I understand the experience of Oh, I miss what we had, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I get that. We're um. It, it's it's a recession, right? This whole COVID yep. impact. Yep. I every single day I log on to social media, and friends of mine are closing their businesses, mm. losing their jobs. Just this morning, in fact, I, I nearly um, copied it and brought it in mm. to you. It was, a friend who just his post said redundancy, not wanted, unproductive, not needed, not valued. Sun's up, chin up, carry on. Right. Yikes. Yep. This is happening a lot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. COVID COVID has been um well, COVID has caused a whole other kind of grief. Because it's been it's affected everybody. Every single person in this country has been affected by COVID. And and not in the literal sense of knowing someone who's caught it or knowing someone who's died from it. But we all had to go into lockdown. I think so many people talk to me, because I've been counselling throughout this entire period of time. Oh, yes, because you work on the phone, don't you? On the phone. And then also with my other work, I've been seeing clients via Zoom. Um, and every single person has been talking about how unmotivated they feel, how they just are really struggling to get through the day, how they just, they're so tired. 
and they just don't know why. And there's a huge amount of stress that's gone on with COVID. Obviously, there's the stress and there's the worry and the uncertainty. But there's also a sense of loss. We lost the life that we knew before. As soon as that virus came into the country and as soon as we were told that we were going into lockdown, we lost the life that we knew. It suddenly was all thrown into chaos. Massive sense of uncertainty, which you get with grief anyway, uncertainty, because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, what's what's the future going to look like? It's been the same for this whole COVID situation. We don't know what the future's going to look like. We're all now kind of walking around out there uh, trying to be as normal as possible, as if everything is fine, but the government's still reminding us that actually we still have to be a little bit careful. So there's still that element of like a bit of uncertainty there. Well, so are also immune-compromised friends. Yes. Right? And then even your bus experience this morning. Yes, yeah. Right? People are, people are, there are people out there who are afraid to be out in public, who are afraid to be around other people. And I guess if you tie that into an experience of loss, it's loss of freedom, it's loss of a feeling of safety. Um, So you saw a lady on the bus today who was exhibiting... Yeah, she was sitting there kind of hunched up against the side by the window and she was holding a a piece of cloth. It wasn't a mask. She was just holding a piece of cloth like maybe a scarf she'd been wearing over her face. And every time someone else got on the bus, she looked around at them, but quite nervously, like her eyes. She looked terrified to the point where I almost said to her, look, I I will buy you a taxi to get wherever you need to go. Just get off this bus. You look... You know, you do not look happy to be here. In, in my neighbourhood, it's been really clear that people who I'm used to seeing regularly, and we're about to head into level one as you're yep. not having this conversation, Yep. but they clearly are not out on the street yet. They're not going out yet. Mm. You know? mm. So you're right. We, we have lost still you mm. know, a way for many people to be, and I, I guess that's changed our community. Yes. Yeah, it has. And, you know, so I sing in a choir. Um, I sing for the Auckland Choral Society, um, and we haven't been able to rehearse. There are people, you know, I go because I like to sing, right? And 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 that's that's my motivation for going. But there are lots of people who go because this is their social interaction. This is their opportunity to be with other people. It's huge for them to have not been able to do that. So they've lost that um, throughout this whole this whole time. The choir was able to organise Zoom sessions, but there were some people who couldn't do that. So we set up a bit of a phone tree so that at least people were being checked in with to see if they were okay. But again, that's another kind of loss. They had to, they weren't able to do that, for you know, partly because the government said no, you're not allowed to. But there are also a lot of elderly people in this choir for whom it would be a very bad idea to come to rehearsals. So that again, it's another kind of grief, another kind of loss that you have to um, adjust to. How? That's a good question. Uh, Thanks. It's, yeah. I made it up myself. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <clears throat> good. Worked on it for hours. <laughs> yes, I, I can tell that you worked really hard at that one. Um, adjusting to loss. Part of it, and, and a huge part of it actually, uh, is learning to accept the loss. Accepting doesn't mean you have to like it. Not at all. And I think a lot of people think that that is the case. When you can accept it, it's that's about learning. It just is. It's learning it is what it is. The situation is what it is. That's a huge part of what acceptance is. Because once you can do that, and once you can recognize this situation is what it is, then you can think, okay, how am I going to react? I have a choice about how I'm going to react to this. So what am I going to do? And what do you recommend? 
it's going to be different for everybody because for some people it's about giving themselves a bit of time and space to kind of get going slowly you know don't, not kind of rushing back into things or rushing into a new life or a new way of being for some people it's about sort of little by little yeah little something new every day or just celebrating any little achievements they manage to do every day maybe it's getting up that day maybe that's your achievement today for other people maybe it's about being able to go to the supermarket today or i went back to my whatever group it was today it's about being able to celebrate those things so we talk a lot about gratitude and some people kind of roll their eyes at the idea of gratitude diaries and things like that um, I'm one of them, but <laughs> it makes me a terrible counsellor. Um, no, I'm only kidding. I'm a very good counsellor. But um, finding that thing or a couple of things in your day that you can be grateful for is a way of reminding yourself that actually life is worth living. Your life is worth something. It's important that you're here. There's good stuff. There is good stuff happening. So when we're looking at people who've lost work. Yes. Right. And that friend of mine's post this morning. A lot of meaning is gone. A lot of daily routine is gone. My purpose is that I go here and I do this. And also, do the mahi, get the treats. I then return money, support, right? So, yeah, you lose. That's a, that's a lot to lose, isn't it? It is a lot to lose. Okay, so those things that mm. you've just talked about help. But yes. I need to find mm. what an, a new purpose. And yes, we don't function well without purpose, and that was one of the issues with the lockdown, actually. And all the people I spoke to who said they were struggling with motivation and feeling tired and just couldn't get going. As soon as we're told you can't do the things that you were doing, we're like, well, what am I going to do? So we're stuck home. What are we going to do? So your whole sense of purpose—the reason why you get up in the morning suddenly is gone. And it's the same when people lose work, lose jobs, and lose work. It's the same thing. You get up. Do you get up? Can you get up? Why should I get up? What am I going to do? Go and sit in a lounge or what? So then it is about thinking, making a plan. Like, okay, what am I going to do today? And actually paying attention to it and taking it seriously and thinking about what will I do today? Yeah. And making a choice, an active choice. Rather than just letting things happen to you, it's about making an active choice to do something, anything. When you talk about the acceptance, right, that I accept now that I'm unemployed, right, um, that my income has been devastated, my business has closed, um, I reckon that might take some time. You know, you talk about making a plan, and it's like, that feels quite hard, you know, and I'm sure many of us, myself, certainly among among us, have had days when it's like, I'm, I'm not getting out of bed, actually, right, and it didn't last forever. But it took some time. Yep, and, and, it, and it may well do, yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. As long as you... Do you know where it becomes an issue is if you become stuck in that. If you become stuck and you can't get up and you can't move, you can't think, you can't do anything, that's when it really becomes an issue. But if you can... Um, if you can make a decision to get out of bed, that's a start. Yeah, Make a decision to have some breakfast. Make a decision to brush your teeth. One of the things I was talking to people about through COVID who were talking about having lost motivation, it was saying, well, what did you do today? So you came and you talked to me on Zoom. You made a decision to do that. Great. Good on you. You actively chose to do that. What else did you do today? Great. Good on you. You did some stuff. 
because we take for granted all the little things we do in life, you know, the little micro things we do in our lives, because that's just what we do. But one of the important things that helps with acceptance is actually also learning to live in the present moment. Because when we don't live in the present moment is when we get into trouble. When we think about the past and we think about what we've lost and what could have been and should have been, and then we think about the future and what am I going to do and we worry, we lose sight of what we're actually doing right now and what's happening right now. So that's, it's really important to actually, that's why kind of when you, when your life becomes so overwhelming because of what you've lost or what you can't do, being able to just sort of think, right, what am I doing right now? What am I going to choose to do right now? I think I'm starting to understand a little bit here. When I've lost a relationship, when I've lost my work, the little things that you're talking about that you just do going about a day were incidental and not worthy of focus because they served what she and I would do for dinner for the weekend and these little things made that possible or it meant that I got to work on time or I managed to organise things to complete that project or my body was strong enough that I was able to finish that whatever, right? And all of the preparatory little things in my life served that big purpose. When that's gone I can kind of see now why the little things so what's the point? Mm. Why does it matter? It matters because you are still a functioning human being. You are still a person. You're still an important person. And often when we lose our sense of purpose, we f- we forget that. We think, well, what, why should I even be here anymore? You know, what am I even contributing? What is even the point of me? You know, and it's like, well, the point of you is because you're you. You're a human. You're here for a reason. And just because you don't necessarily know what that is right now, that's okay. Your purpose right now is to get through this day. And if that's what's going to help you, then that's what you need to do. And I, I'm there to help people see that and to recognize that and to sometimes figure out what is today going to look like. So often when I'm talking to someone on the phone, um, a bereaved person on the phone, and, and if I'm talking to them in the morning, um, one, of the, one of the things I'll say to them is, so what, what's your plan for the rest of today? What's that look like for you? So that they feel like they're starting to think about what the day looks like. And even if they say, oh, you know, I'm probably just going to make some lunch and watch some telly. It's like, great, what are you going to watch? Yeah. Do you like that? Cool. Yeah. And what do you think? What about dinner? What do you think you might have for dinner? Have and you I, thought about that yet? I'm creating shape on my day. Yeah. My, yeah. <clears throat> my language on this might be insensitive and inappropriate, which wouldn't be the first time. But I want to talk about some of the odd or the weird things that kind of throw people. A friend of mine was talking to me this week about... He and his wife, when they sold the house that they'd lived in for decades, and they moved to a house they really love, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, they grieved. He said, we mourned our house. Mm. Come on. That's really mean of you. Did you actually say that? Of course. Jeez. Explain it. <laughs> is, that, is that legitimate? I mean, it's just... Yes, it's hugely legitimate because it's the it's not just a house it's right it's not just bricks and mortar it's a home it's all the memories it's the life that you had in that place that's what that place represents it represents a point in your life and even though they were so happy to be moving to the next place they're having to say that part of that part of our life is done now but they chose that yes and they were happy (laughs) that's okay you can still feel sad for it because there's a part of you there's a part of you that's saying i'm letting that bit go now it's it will forever be a part of my life and it will forever be in my heart but there's a new there's a new chapter coming which is a little bit scary 
So part of it's sort of like, oh, I don't know if I'm making the right decision, but yes, we are, so let's do it. Oh, I'm going to miss all the stuff we had there and all the times we had there. But there's new exciting stuff ahead too. It's a shame we don't film these because as you're doing that, I see that your hands are going on one side of this is what was with the house and then to the other side of, but this is exciting and we're doing this now, right? Yeah, I use my hands quite a lot. But but what that's illustrating to me is then that I might have two separate dynamic things going on in my life simultaneously, right? So now you've, you've triggered in my memory a conversation with a much younger friend who out of one relationship, had some time, met someone else in a new relationship, and then saying, really happy in that relationship, want to be that person, but going, I miss my other person, Mm. right? Well, is that allowed? Yeah. If you think about it, so every experience we have in life, whether it's going places, doing things, connecting with people, whatever it is, that will be forever a part of us. And sometimes we carry memories of people and places and things with a really warm, lovely feeling. And every now and then we might look back on it and we might miss it. And that's okay because it takes us back to a time when, you know, we were really happy or there was just there was something about it that made us feel really good. And that's not to say that what we're in now doesn't make us feel good. But there's always, there's always going to be a little part of us that sometimes yearns for that time. So I can like chocolate and like cheese. Simultaneously, yes, but I wouldn't recommend eating them together. <laughs> you haven't been pregnant. Um, <laughs> I have two children. <laughs> <laughs> That's so just disgusting. Chocolate the, and cheese. The last <laughs> conversation for me then um, is: I'm interested in sometimes the things that can derail a day mm. or a week or right is. Triggers and feeling vulnerable. Hmm. Have you got anything on that? Hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to... Well, now, you see, when you think about different kinds of loss and and things that can trigger you when you've had different kinds of loss, sometimes a trigger is actually not even having that loss recognised at all. So you've lost something and maybe you haven't recognised it yourself and then maybe someone says something to you and you think, wow... Um, yeah, I really do feel sad about that or I really do have a strong emotional reaction to that. But you don't necessarily know why because you haven't connected it to being any kind of loss. Um, Or you feel it and you hide it because other people don't. Here's here's an example for me that springs to mind straight away in what you're saying. Yeah. And that's pets. Yes. And I know you've got research on this, which we'll do in the future, right? Yeah. But people really mourn their pets. Pets. Oh, some people mourn their pets more than they mourn humans. But it's not kind of it, there's it's, it's not on the same scale. Of... No, not at all. Um, in fact, my research will be looking at how we don't look at that in the workplace and allow people time to uh, for bereavement leave when they lose an animal. There is no provision for it. Some workplaces are lenient and they might let you take you know a personal day uh, or whatever, but there is no provision for it whatsoever in the legislation almost certainly i loved my pussycat dog alpaca rabbit yep more than anyone yep and it's almost never going to be recognized right no so, um, no the so whole... how do we deal with those bits of grief that actually 
if I share it, people are not going to get it. They're just not. Some people won't. <clears throat> and that is actually a problem because it can lead to something called disenfranchised grief. Disenfranchised grief is when your loss is not recognised, which can is completely invalidating. It means that you go away thinking, well, I feel really sad about this, but I shouldn't be feeling really sad about this, but I just can't seem to get over it. <laughs> which is what's expected of you when something like that happens. Which brings me back to that's a barrier to me accepting it, right? Yes. Which you've said is yes. step one. Yep, because if nobody else is recognising it, how, yeah, it makes it really hard for you to accept it. And so then you get stuck. You get stuck in a place that's not good, not good for you, uh, can be extremely bad for your health, actually, and your general well-being, um, and can lead to something called complicated grief or prolonged grief, where you just aren't able to get past that sense of, missing you yearn for that thing that you lost you can't get past that sense of you know wanting to be in that place where you had that thing and yeah so com was it complex, complicated complicated grief. grief and prolonged grief just means it yeah. goes on for longer and is more yes, intense yes but also can it starts to have other effects on your life your right. ability to function um, health issues are often commonly linked to physical prolonged health. grief yes yeah 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 so heart conditions that kind of thing um, it's actually now been recognised by the American Association of Psychologists or Psychiatrists and is a, a recognised condition in the DSM-5, prolonged grief. Whatever the DSM-5 is. Yeah. Is that some kind of game? That it's you used to, to diagnose um, oh, okay. conditions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, conclusion time. Yes. Here's what I've got out of this conversation yes. for me. is a useful time when I'm not operating optimally in my life when I'm not feeling myself I might be more short-tempered than usual I don't have the drive that I normally have right I often find in my life I'm I'm knocking off too much booze right it's something I personally do um, and I'm go, oh this isn't good yeah. to stop and say hmm have I lost something is there something missing something changed is going to help me possibly get back the healthy me that I'm that, mm. that has me living well. Mm -hmm. Concluding comment from you, and, and thank you for all of this time that you've um, okay. taken on. You know, I do get death obsessed, and <laughs> so to hear that there's this loss mm -hmm. that's much you know, much richer in our in our life and a, and a way through it. Mm. Yeah. Final comment from you for today. So I think my final comment would have to be is don't take the other losses for granted they're just as important as any other kind of loss you might experience in your life and uh, you know when you think about death for example and you need to pay attention to it and you need to think about what you need in that time while you're getting through that 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 period of grief based on what you've lost and also know that you will come out the other side yeah can't say when but you will come out the other side.